I'm so blessed to be here today, and I'm so happy to speak with you about something so important. We've been talking about detox in your life, and I intentionally, uh, we were starting the series, I was talking about the things in our life that wear us out, like stress, depression, uh, unforgiveness, uh, inadequacy, and those things are very real, and you could really uh, listen to that over and over again, because a lot of the vulnerability we have in our life to messing up and doing wrong with our life has to do with not managing stuff that's below the surface, has to do with not dealing with things that tend to wear you out and that tend to drain your joy. Uh, so tonight, I'm, I'm going to begin, begin finishing. That's a real preacher word. I'm going to begin finishing. <laughs> Today, I want to lay a little foundation, and then next week, I'm going to finish, Lord willing. And I want to talk to you about detoxing from the spirit of the age. John 8, 31 through 36, Jesus said this. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? I know most people here feel like you live in America, so therefore you're free. That's what they're saying. Jesus answered them, most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, let your people experience the freedom that you intended for them when you went to the cross and you rose from the dead. Cause them to live in great freedom and in great power and great purpose with their life. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... So, you know, in, in, in a sense, the word, even in many churches, the word sin is even a dirty word. It's not a word that even people believe in. But the spirit of the age has changed the way people think. So that you find that people, even people in the church, have become contaminated. They've become toxic in their thinking about uh, their relationship with God. And that even if you say the word sin, that they, well, that, you're trying to be a legalist. Well, you know, Jesus said it. I didn't say it. And Jesus lays out this clear understanding of what sin does and what he was going to do on the cross. And so it's important for us, if we're going to have a detoxed mind, if we're going to detox the way we think, the root of toxic thinking has to do with sin. And this idea of sin being conquered by the cross in our life. Just, just as a, a, a general rule, sin is the contamination of the mind and the body. I mean, if you're looking at if the cross was the ultimate decontamination, if the, if the blood was the ultimate decontamination of the mind and of the body, then sin is the ultimate contaminator of the mind and the body. You remember Adam and Eve, they had one kind of life before they sinned and another kind of life after. They were contaminated by bad decisions. 
And in a world where they say there's no such thing as sin and you ought to do what you want, God doesn't really care, God just wants you to be a success, Jesus and his words fly in the face of that, warning you that if you participate in sin, you're going to get contaminated. In fact, the soul that sins will surely die. You know what the Bible says. It says in Romans, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Now, Adam and Eve, when they sinned, they didn't die. And they thought, well, you know what? See, they started thinking different. Like God's word's not even true. We didn't die. We're still alive. Maybe the snake was right. The snake said we wouldn't die. As a matter of fact, we have a whole new view of things. But the truth was they didn't die on the outside, but they did die to their purpose they did die to their relationship with God. They did die to everything that was important in their life, only they didn't know it. And this is the sinister part of sin. You think you got away with it, but you don't realize that you're contaminated and you're not like you were before you did this. And you tell yourself and sin lies and say, you know what, there's no cost, man. There's no real, it doesn't cost anything. You know, you're just the same person. See, you did it, no problem. No problem, but sin, the nature of sin is to bring people into bondage. Now, you know, I'm not like a major sin, sin, sin guy. But if you want to be successful in life, you cannot be in bondage to sin. It's just that simple. If you want to have a great purpose, if you want to have a great life emotionally, if you want a great marriage, if you want to have a great family, you're going to have to call sin, sin, and you're going to have to understand who the enemy is. It's not your friend. It's, I heard someone say sin seeks to serve and to please it promises to serve and to please, but only seeks to enslave and dominate. Right? You started doing that thing. Now that thing is doing you. You thought you control it, control it, but you couldn't control it because it is spiritual law. You cannot control sin. Yes, I can. Now that you know Jesus went to the cross, He made it so I could control sin. No, you can't. Jesus came to break the bondage so that you don't have to sin. He came to set you free from that nature to always do the wrong thing. But we live in a culture that's contaminated with justification. Everything is like, you know, it used to be wrong, but it's not wrong anymore. The world we live in is contaminated due to the rejection of truth. Truth is the enemy to the world. They say everything, you know, they, use, they try to use the Bible on you and say, you know, you shouldn't judge anybody. Well, just don't judge anybody. Well, you know, I don't have the power to judge anybody really because God is the judge. But I can know right from wrong. I'm not judging anybody today. This is between you and God. But there's no defense to say, well, see, God is the judge. And he will judge things. And the lying spirit of the age the contamination of that is the idea that God really, because of Jesus, will never judge anybody. Well, the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible there's, there's, it says this. There's appointed to man a moment to die, and after death, the what? The judgment. The judgment. So God doesn't play with these words and make, see, people in America, maybe all over the world, have created God in their own image. Rather than them be, being changed into God's image, they changed God to fit their life. And you have terrible, there are terrible results of the rejection of truth. For example, in the world, an addiction is considered a disease with no consequence or personal responsibility. It's a disease. I, I read it today. I, I just did my research. And so I said, is addiction a disease? And of course, they said, yes, it is. 
And that they even took a shot at Christians and said, because some Christians say it's wrong and condemn people, but they don't understand that these people are victims of their condition. This is an actual disease. And so I looked at the evidence. Why, why would they say that? They said that when a person uh, contacts a substance, it triggers this uh, part of their brain that um, responds to pleasure. And some people respond um, differently and have a stronger reaction to the, the stimulus. And therefore, that is the disease. Now, you know what they discovered? They discovered sin. They discovered what Jesus said, sin is bondage. Now, so in a way, I don't agree with their conclusion, which is, you know, because their people are made this way, they are not responsible for their choices. This is the, this is the contamination of the world, that because people have this inside of them, it's not really their fault. And if you take this conclusion out to its... Um, to its logical conclusion, you take this thinking to its logical conclusion, what you find is no matter what you do, it's not your fault. You were born that way. Anything that sin might make you do, it's really not your fault. It's a disease. Because you do have a disease, it's called sin. See, sin is not just a behavior. Sin is a condition. It's something that was passed down from Adam all the way through the generations, and it's passed down to your fathers and grandfathers. And as it comes through that you know, gauntlet of bad decisions that comes to you into your genetics. And so they said, that's right, it's not our fault. Another example, perversion. It's, it's a word that went out of the English language because anything to do with sex in the, uh, in the modern world is, is, is okay. They'll defend anything up to abortion. They'll fin- defend anything as long as it has to do with sex because for them, this is God for them. And that you shouldn't mess with people wanting to have pleasure. But God gets all up in everybody's business. And contamination said it doesn't matter. And so there's this flood of filth that's baptizing the nations called pornography and every other kind of vile thing. And it comes to you via your phone, via the internet. And you can get it anytime you want. And it is a contamination not only of the world but of the church. They say perversion is considered an innate characteristic of a person's identity. People self-identify. And this, these, these are the code words of deception. This is contamination. Like, well, they ought to be able to be whoever they want to be. Hold up, hold up. That's what they say. That's not what God says. The contamination is do whatever you want. You know this in the... I, I don't recommend you read the Satanic Bible. I recommend against it. But the Satanic Bible, golden rule, says this, do what you want. This is the golden rule that the world lives on. Do whatever you want. It'll be all right. That's not the way God speaks. Any good parent will say, stay away from that fire, you'll get burned. And the world says, there's no such thing as fire. It won't burn you. And as people keep getting burned up, they say, well, okay, maybe you get burned a little bit, but it's not your fault. It's contamination, and I'm not trying to be ugly or judgmental or mean. You know this is the world we live in. You know, the, the perversion in all its forms have become people groups. And they make them like, well, they're black people, they're white people, you know, they're Latinos. Uh, but then there's this other group that you can be whatever you want, and you're protected by the same uh, protections as black people or Latins or any other minority. Except for 
you, you don't get to choose whether you're black or not. You don't get to choose whether you're Latin or not. But all these other things. You know, recently it's been the big thing about the transvestite community. And it's been pushed in bathrooms and all those things. And again, don't get mad at me. I'm just going to speak for God on the subject. Because, I, look, i got to stand with God on these things. The Bible calls that a perversion. And you can be set free from it, but not as long as you believe a lie that it's normal. It's the way God made you. It's the way you self-identify. It doesn't change the truth that bondage is still bondage. See, see, when people begin to use this twisting of the truth, they make God a bigot and his word bigoted. It is a charge against God's word. It's a charge against heaven that you made us this way, so it's no fair for you to judge us. They turned it around and said, God is the one who's evil, and we are the one who are holy. We're just being ourselves. And how dare God condemn us from being who we are. And you may not believe it, but the next great wave of information after the transvestite, that they can't even come up with enough uh, letters, L-G-B-T-R-Q-P-L-R-G. I'm not joking. It just gets longer and longer because they can't imagine how many perversions there are because it just keeps going. Now, for some of you Christians, you're, right now, your mind's going like, ah, he's being a bigot. I'm, not being, I'm just telling you the truth. That's how far people have walked from the truth. They've resented the truth as if it was an enemy and called it evil. While God's truth is kicked around, they come up with their own version. And not only politically, but morally, they make up their own rules. Not only people in the world, but Christians as well. I mean, laws are already on the books in many cities that pastors can't preach what I'm preaching right now because they say evil is good and good is evil. I say truth makes you free. They say truth makes you feel bad. And therefore, it's evil. The next argument they're going to make, I heard it from a lady in Great Britain. You know, Great Britain is so sophisticated. They're about to go under. But, but great, I heard the girl making to a bunch of these intellectuals. She was making the argument that pedophiles were born that way and we should not feel bad about them. It's coming to America and they will defy a pastor to say it's wrong to be a pedophile because they, they, were, they were born that way. And they say now they, they need to control it because, but it's not really their fault. It's a disease, you know. Well, how far does it go? Well, Amsterdam, uh, probably 30 years ago, they changed the, the age of consent to 12 years old so politicians can sleep with little girls. Well, it'll never happen here. Oh, Europe is not something you want to follow. Europe is not an example that you want to be like because truth has followed in the street and they've called it a lie. Right? In America, we still have truth. We still have liberty. We still have freedom. And that freedom doesn't come from government. It comes from God himself. It comes from honoring God's word and God's truth. Addiction is the nature of sin. When you sin, you become a slave. Jesus said it. It is an addiction. Sin is a disease. Perversion can be something you were born with. Like, you need to understand, you Christians who say it's a choice, it's not really a choice. Because I can remember when I was nine years old, ten years old, and I get, this is who I am. Oh, hold up, trigger. Hold up. I'm not saying that, that, that you didn't have wrong feelings when you were a child. That doesn't mean it's who you are. It just means something was passed down to you that wasn't dealt with. 
that some perversion that grandpa or great-grandfather was messing with, somehow that Jesus said, or excuse me, the word of God says that the, uh, the sins, the iniquities, the leaning to evil of the fathers are visited on the third and fourth generation. There are generations of evil that was hidden in secret, and many times it hit a young kid, visiting a young kid, and he's a young man, and he starts feeling attracted to a, a, a man, and especially if he's rejected by his father. This is a diabolical lie from the enemy to bring people into bondage. And many Christians and many churches are standing up for it. Many, they're even ordaining pastors who are homosexual. And I love everybody. I, know I have many friends that are gay. They're not close friends, but I have many friends because I love everybody. We play down, down, down in Baton Rouge, on the street in Baton Rouge. I hug, love everybody, kiss everybody, pray for everybody. I don't think one person is worse than the other person. I just think we all have, I agree, we all have a condition. We all have a disease. It's called sin. And see, their conclusion is this. The rebellious conclusion is, uh, no fair, God made us this way. I remember hearing one of my teenagers it, it, when I was a youth pastor saying, listen, you know, I, I want to do all these bad things and how come God was con condemning me for it? Because he made me this way. That guy ended up in jail. Because he rebelled against the truth. Just because it's inside of you to do wrong doesn't mean you can justify what's wrong and say it wasn't really your fault. In fact, it was God's fault because he made you that way. This is contamination. This is calling the truth a lie and a lie the truth. Perversion, you can be born with it. But here's the truth. The truth is that we all need a savior and a deliverer. If sin was just something, disease that we have to live with, you wouldn't need Jesus. But because we all need Jesus, the conclusion is this. We all have to come to the cross. We all need to receive the blood. We all need to be set free. That's the truth. And the truth will make you free. Let me give you four powerful truths about freedom. One. Sin equals slavery and bondage. Jesus said it. Your culture can't change it. It is what it is. Sin is bondage. Right? You were doing that thing. Now that thing is doing you. It changed everything about you. It contaminated you. You can still say you love God and serve God. But if that thing is in your life, you're not what you were meant to be. You're a contaminated version of you. Number two, repentance is the changing of your mind and your heart. Repentance. Some people say, there's a doctrine in Christianity, a popular doctrine that says you ought to repent of repenting because Christians shouldn't repent. It was the message of Jesus. He opened up with repent, the kingdom of heaven is in hand. The book of Acts, the early church opened up with, what did Peter say? Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus for the remission of sin and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It was the message of Paul. Repent from your sin and turn to God. It is the good news to repent. But in modern Christianity, they've, uh, you know, negated repentance. You just need to go right to just don't feel bad. You know what happens when you don't call wrong, wrong and you don't call right, right? What happens? You get contaminated. Now you cannot many times, you, you're just going to make mistakes. And I'm not here throwing rocks at you trying to make you feel guilty and condemned. I'm not. But it's, when you do wrong, just say you're wrong. And somebody said, well, you know God is so big, he doesn't need that. 
My wife needs it. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. If I do wrong, I'm not, I got to say I'm sorry. I got to really mean it. I got to put that look on my face like, well, oh, I really, I really. See, you got to believe it. Come on, somebody. Every relationship you know, you can't violate that relationship and not say you're sorry. Grace is God, re, is God extending his hand saying, I forgive you, man. Let's, get, let's go on. Let's forget about that. Let's move on. But repentance is necessary. The word repentance in the Greek is metanoia. Meta having to do with our mind, like mental. Metanoia. It means changing. It means stop being contaminated. You might have made a mistake, but don't keep saying it was okay because it wasn't okay. If one of my kids steals something, I remember one time one of my kids, we were in this big store, and one of my kids came out and had a little toy in their hand. I said, where did you get that? He said, I just took it. I said, you just took it. Oh, I now have revealed who it was. He or she said, someone I know, it was a he or a she, said, I just took it. I said, dude, you got to go up in there with that toy by yourself, and you got to go to that manager and say, I'm sorry. And do you think he wanted to do that? No, I had to bring the force. The force was with him that day. And I had to say, no, you're going. I knew it. Well, her, he, whatever it was. He walked in with a little teeny little thing. It really didn't mean, see, it seems like it doesn't mean something, but it does. It's, it's, it's repentance. It's reconciling to the truth. Right is right and wrong is wrong. You're contaminated when you don't know the difference between, you have a, a messed up mind. The Bible calls it a reprobate mind when you don't know right from wrong. And so he had to walk back, she, he, whatever, had to walk back in. <laughs> And he had to go to the manager and say, I'm sorry. And the guy said, well, it's okay. Don't do it again. And he came back out. You know what? That was an embarrassing, but you know what? It was good for him. Repentance is good because it doesn't mean you have to be perfect, but you need to be honest. God hasn't erased the need to be honest. Don't be condemned, but be honest. When you're wrong, say, I'm wrong. Repentance is squaring your mind with the truth. I don't have to be perfect, but I need to be honest. Repenting is a changing of your mind. Let's read it. First John, this is New International, 1, 8 through 9. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. It doesn't sound like the message of the world. Not even the message of the church of Jesus these days. But it was the message of Jesus. There's a big if, if we confess our sins. If you could, now let me read it in the Passion Version. If we boast that we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves, listen, and are strangers to the truth. But if we freely admit our sins when his light uncovers them, he will be faithful to forgive us every time. Come on, somebody. God is just to forgive us our sins because of Christ. And he will continue to cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. Repentance is realigning our thoughts with the truth. Calling wrong, wrong and right, right. Repentance is a detox from demonic deception of sin. It's a detox. Because the enemy says, just say it's not that bad. Just say it's just one of those. They say it's a disease. Say it's a weakness. Say whatever you want to say. But listen. I heard a great preacher one time said, and I stole it from him, 
He said, you need to embarrass your sin or your sin's going to embarrass you. Repentance is embarrassing your sin and calling wrong, wrong, and right, right. Number three, freedom is the result of knowing the truth and divine intervention. Consistently encountering the truth until your mind is changed. Repentance is not just a one moment say, I don't want to do that, that was the wrong thing. It means that I'm going to expose myself to the truth until I know it. You know the difference in truth that you know and truth that you think you know? Truth that you know is truth that you live. Truth that you think you know is truth that you just know in your head, but it's not in your life. You know truth by connecting to God's word. So repentance is returning to God's word. It's consistently encountering the truth. It's not just saying, I was wrong, I was wrong. It's going to God's word and saying, Lord, wash my mind, wash what I think until I stop calling evil good and I stop calling good evil. Next week, I'm going to talk about the restoring of the fear of the Lord. So if you don't want to get right, you might not want to be here. You need, see, the, the wearing down of the fear of the Lord has to do with contamination, where you just do it and, and, and don't care about it till later. It's getting that line drawn back in your life. Like, I don't do that. I don't flirt with women. Come on, somebody. I don't look at this. I don't do that. You used to do it. And when you erase that line, you can't get the line back again. Now you're in bondage. Only God can redraw the line of the fear of the Lord. Next week, that's a commercial. And it's going to help you. You know I don't condemn you. You know Jesus doesn't condemn you. He believes in you. You're the best that he ever made. But you only work properly with truth. It's the result of knowing the truth and divine information. He didn't say truth makes you free. Truth that you know makes you free. That means that you don't just say I'm sorry. You begin to get the truth in you. I was talking to someone this week. Uh, you know, if you have a child and they get their shirt dirty, a little white shirt dirty, you don't put it on the water and say, oh, it's still dirty. You just keep washing it till it's clean. That's what truth does. Maybe your first wash and you came to church, what doesn't get it, but you just got to keep washing it. You got to keep washing it. You got to put, put some Clorox on it, <laughs> scrub that thing, and pretty soon it'll be back the way it was. If you're not back the way you were, remember before you did that thing, before you participated in that thing, remember how you used to be. You got to get back. Repentance is getting back there where you feel the same way. You're no longer soft about it and making excuses for it. You're contaminated until the truth washes you. Washing out wrong thinking with right thinking. And then it, it is repentance is the rehabbing of your true identity. It's the rehabbing of your true identity. The scripture teaches us here that Jesus alone, it says the son will make you free. Not just truth, but the son. That it's a person that makes you free. As you apply yourself to the truth, Jesus comes in and says, that that thing's over in your life. You have to have a divine intervention. Becoming detox has to do with something the son does. Jesus alone releases the power of freedom as we apply our minds to the truth. Freedom is ultimately how you truly see yourself and your life. If you see yourself as a loser, you're going to be a loser. If you see yourself as a no good, dirty sinner, that's what you're going to be. 
If you see yourself as an anointed, appointed child of God who doesn't have time to deal with the past but is moving into the future, if you know who you are, you won't do those things anymore. That's how you become free. Not saying I want to do it, but you got to say I'm not that. I remember in my small town, I was a policeman, and there was a, a, a bar there. And I remember when I was off duty, somebody said, let's go to that bar. And I thought to myself, my name is Sibley. Whatever that means, I've carried my dad's name, and I don't belong in Shanks Bar. It's what it's called, Shanks Bar. Some of you know. And the truth was, was you know, I, I found myself in other bars, but Shanks Bar, I was totally out. <laughs> but you know what? Your identity tells you you don't belong there. Your identity tells you you don't need to be doing that. Your identity says that's not you. That's something you do, but that's not who you are. You need to have a new identity. Jesus comes, the Son comes, and changes your identity. He said a slave doesn't remain in the house. But the son remains. In other words, stop thinking like a slave doing what God is making you do. But become a son and say, this is my house. This is my life. I'm a man of God. I'm a woman of God. I don't need that in my life. That's not who I am. That's inconsistent with who I am. Am I being too hard with you guys today? Seeing yourself as a child of God with an awesome calling and destiny is the real freedom. It's essential to real freedom. Seeing yourself as someone special, someone anointed and called with a great purpose. Freedom is coming back into faith and victory. What kind of faith? The faith of who he is and the faith of you, who you are in him. Freedom is when you come back into faith and say, I am who God says I am. I have what God says I have. I can do what God says I can do. Number four, I'm finishing. Some of you are thinking, the saints are playing. It's not right if you preach long. <laughs> well, how many believe in miracles? This could be your day. Number four, freedom from sin and bondage is God's will for us. This is what God wants. Do you want it? Or have you gotten used to stuff you shouldn't have got used to? Are you used to being someone less than you should be? I know what God wants. Jesus went to the cross to break the power of sin and bring you into freedom. The reason shed his blood for you was so that you could be free from your past and free from your bondage and free from your disease and free from your addiction. At the cross, the curse was not just stopped, but the curse was reversed and became a blessing. What used to be your greatest weakness has become your greatest strength. That thing that used to knock you down and control you now has become your ministry and how you set other people free. God is not just stopping that thing. God is reversing that thing that used to control your life. You used to be an addict. Now you're getting addicts set free. You used to be a pervert. Now you're getting perverts set free. You used to be a liar. Now you're getting liars set free. You used to be somebody who didn't know right from wrong. Now you're the one who is an example of changing wrong to right. Can I pray for you tonight, this morning, whatever it is? Man, that got me confused, didn't it? 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 14. I'm going to read this. This is going to stand on its own, and it will be my closing today. I don't have to even comment on it. I just want you to listen. This is the Holy Spirit speaking to the church. 
This is not the Holy Spirit speaking to the world. This is the Holy Spirit speaking to the church of Jesus Christ, word for word. Surely you must know that people who practice evil cannot possess God's kingdom realm. Stop being deceived. People who continue to engage in sexual immorality, idolatry, adultery, sexual perversion, homosexuality, fraud, greed, drunkenness, verbal abuse, or extortion, these will not inherit God's kingdom realm. Just let that soak in for a second. He says it's not going to happen. Not going to happen. Now, I'm going to choose God on this one. See, this is how you get decontaminated. You got to choose God's side against your own sin. You got to choose God's side against the way you feel and think. That's what repentance is. I choose God's side. Even if it puts me in the wrong, I choose God's side. Even if it's something that I used to be a part of, I choose God's side. Even if it's something I still struggle with, I choose God's side. It's true that some of you once lived in those lifestyles, but now you have been purified from sin, made holy and given a perfect standing before God. All because of the power of the name of the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, and through our union with the Spirit of God. It's true that our freedom allows us to do anything. Listen, what he's saying is this. One mistake is not sending a Christian to hell. You're not going to hell. You're not going to come into bondage because you made a dumb mistake. So don't start getting guilty every time you make a dumb mistake. Just repent and move on. He said our freedom allows us to do anything, but that doesn't mean that everything we do is good for us. I'm free to do as I choose, but I choose to never be enslaved to anything. Never, I'm going to add this, never to be in bondage again. Keep reading. The body was not created for illicit sex, but to serve and worship the Lord Jesus, who can fill the body with himself. Now the God who raised up our Lord from the grave will awaken and raise us up through his mighty power. If you believe that, say amen. Come on, stand up with me. We're going to detox. We need to detox. Some of you... You know, it's just easy. If you watch enough movies, listen to enough music, watch enough TV, suddenly you feel that you've been bathed at the dump and that stench of the world is stuck to you. And if you're not careful, it'll get inside of you and you'll begin to question, is what you believe right? Is what God said right? And suddenly it'll soften your convictions. You shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Who the sun sets free is really free. We don't have to live in that world. We can live in freedom. Come on, if you don't mind, just lift your hands to Jesus right now. And say, Lord, I repent, and I renounce darkness, Satan, and all of his works. I repent for calling evil good. I repent for subjecting my spirit.
to the lies of the enemy. I renounce the works of darkness. And I ask you to forgive me. And I receive forgiveness. At the cross, you washed all of my sins. And I receive freedom from those wrong ways of thinking and those wrong ways of feeling and the wrong ways of believing. I receive freedom in Jesus' name. Come on, say it with me. Say, by the blood of Jesus, I've been delivered from all the power of the enemy. By the blood of Jesus, all my sins are forgiven. As I walk in the light, as he is in the light, the blood of Jesus is continually cleansing me from all sin. By the blood of Jesus, I am justified. When he looks at me, it's just as if I'd never sinned. By the blood of Jesus, I am sanctified, set apart and made holy for my divine purpose. I have been set free by the truth and by the Son. And I declare, I am not a slave, I'm a son. I am not in bondage, I live in freedom. I declare, truth has set me free. Come on, just take one more moment before we go, just lift your hands. Just say it like you mean it. Jesus Christ, you are the Lord of my life. Sin will not rule my life. You are the Lord of my life. I set my mind and my heart in agreement with you. Let the cleansing power of your blood and the washing of your word cleanse every wrong feeling every wrong image every wrong thought every wrong impulse I declare every curse that was passed down from generations is broken off of my life off of my children and off of my descendants I declare according to the word of the Lord we overcame him by the blood of the lamb, by the word of our testimony, and that we did not love our lives even unto death. Come on, if you don't mind, lift your hands and surrender. Say, Lord Jesus, from this moment on, my body belongs to you. My mind belongs to you. I am yours, and you are mine. I declare Jesus Christ is the Lord over my home. Jesus Christ is the Lord over my body. Jesus Christ is the Lord over my mind. Jesus Christ is the Lord over my city. Jesus Christ is Lord over this nation. We declare, let freedom ring. We declare where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. 
And we declare the outpouring of the Holy Spirit over our lives, over our families, over our church, over our city. We declare the outpouring of the Holy Spirit over our nation and over the nations. We set ourselves in agreement. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, come on, give the Lord a shout, everybody. <laughs> come on, give, a, give somebody a hug on your way out. God bless you. See you next week.